Hello everyone, this is Drew Enos. I'm one of the leaders here at King's Church in Portsmouth, England. This is our first ever Citizens podcast. Now, Citizens is a ministry of King's Church in Portsmouth, and it's a ministry for those who are 18 to 23 years old. When I was praying over the past few months about a name for this group, Citizens came to mind because this is a group of people who really travel from all over the place, different places in England and really all over the world, myself included. I'm from California, born and raised. Uh, My wife, Laura, and I moved here in November with our six children, and it's been a wonderful adventure. Uh, But I was thinking about how sometimes people coming from all different places can carry different backgrounds with them, different wants and dreams and desires, likes and dislikes, etc. And here we are, those things that normally would divide, here we are as citizens of the kingdom of God gathered around our differences that actually are something to celebrate. We get to celebrate the, the diverse family of God that we all get to be a part of, that we all get to call home. Um, And so, yeah, so glad that you're here. So glad that you're joining. If you were with us for our first citizens gathering, then you know that we began reading the book of James together. And I gave a bit of an introduction when uh, I'm also going to reiterate some of those things here on this podcast today. Um, But really, we're just going to take this bit by bit every week, very slowly, walking through some of these verses together and allowing for them to permeate our souls, to actually become a part of us. Um, the, the word of God says that, that scripture can be written on the tablet of our hearts, that really it becomes a part of who we are. And that's the desire, not that we would just read through these scriptures and that we would rush through it, but actually that we would allow for them to shape who we're becoming as we're becoming more and more like Jesus himself. So with that, We're reading the book of James. I shared with you kind of a fun, silly fact about how really this book is written by a guy named Jacob. Not James, but Jacob. I'm here looking at the the Greek of his name, and it's Iekobos, Jacob. Um, Everywhere else... If this was the Old Testament Hebrew, this would be the Greek translation of the Hebrew name Jacob. Um, But what happened was somewhere along the line, as the scriptures were being translated from the Greek into Latin, then there was a shift in the way that that name was spelled Jacob. And then at the time, we know that it was translated in 1611 when King James was ruling, and the King James Bible was translated into English, and James felt like it was really appropriate for this to be translated James. Um, So here we have it today. It would be really confusing if modern translators chose to go with Jacob because since it's been translated into English, it's been commonly known as the book of James. Um, Now, Jacob was a brother of 
Jesus. We talked about this, how Jesus had two brothers who would go on to write letters that are in the Bible that we hold today. So James was one of them and Jude was one of them. We know from the Gospels that there was a time where Jesus' brothers may have not been actually following him. They may have not actually believed him to be the Messiah. They may have had doubts. But we get to see from the book of James and the book of Jude that these brothers of Christ did, in fact, end up following the way of Jesus. And we see even from the beginning of this book, the humility of James, that he decides to not flash that card being like, yo, I'm the brother of Jesus. But instead, he calls himself the servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. So instead of calling Jesus his brother, he calls Jesus his Lord, which is very significant for us and how our posture should be as children of God, that we're not flaunting and boasting about the reality of our standing with God, but that we actually allow for that standing with God to become the fuel that propels us to try to get others into the kingdom of God. So James, Jacob, our friend here, he became the pastor of a church in a place called Jerusalem in Israel. We talked about how in Acts chapter 2, Peter preaches his first sermon at Pentecost and 3,000 people are added to the church and they started meeting in homes and sharing meals and selling their homes and things to make sure that everyone in the church was taken care of. And it says that God added to the church daily those who were being saved. And that's how the church began to grow. So the church began to grow and, and Peter was no longer the pastor or the bishop of that church, but it became James, the brother of Jesus. So James is writing this book to those who were in the church in Jerusalem and then began to spread throughout the earth. And he's writing this book and he is very influenced by the book of Proverbs. There are a lot of kind of proverb poetic type moments in this book where they're just, that's why we can actually linger on kind of one verse or a couple verses at a time, because it feels like, wow, these are really good proverbs for our lives. They're just full of wisdom. And James or Jacob is very also influenced by the sermons that Jesus preached. We'll find that there's a lot of the language in this book that then mirrors what Jesus said in his Sermon on the Mount or the Beatitudes. Um, so yeah, we're looking at the book of James together, and it's going to last us months. Um, but we're just going to begin with reading these verses together. If you have a Bible, I'm a really big fan of just holding a physical Bible. If you are in the citizens group and you don't have one, please let me know and I will make sure that you get one um, because I think there's something just beautiful about holding the tangible scriptures, um, carrying it with us, reading it daily. Uh, it just helps me at least personally with the way that I connect with God. So we are going to read today <clears throat> and we're going to read to verse four. So verses one through four. And I would like for you to just really meditate on these words. And I'll share a little brief kind of devotional about it. And aside from that, every day this week, 
I would love for you to open up your Bible at the beginning of the day and read James 1 through 4, specifically 2 through 4. Just two verses. Read James 1 verses 2 through 4 and just let them ruminate in your heart. Just spend time meditating and chewing on and asking the Spirit of God, how can these verses become alive to me this week in my life? So here we go. James chapter 1. It says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes scattered among the nations. Greetings. Here we go. Verse 2, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Not lacking anything. We talked a bit last week about how this is a sort of kingdom conundrum, that in the upside down or rather right side up kingdom of God, we find that even when we are facing the most difficult situations of our lives, the most difficult trials, that there's some way for us to find joy in the middle of it. And maybe even now, some of you connect with this. Maybe you feel like you're suffering. Maybe there are difficulties that you're facing. How will you find this joy? Well, first and foremost, Paul says that our God is the God of all comfort. And I pray this over you. If that's you and you feel suffering, you feel that tension of trials, would the God of all comfort meet you right where you're at? There's also community. Would you have the bravery to step out and to ask those around you in your community to come around you and to help you and to support you in this difficult season? Being around the family of God is an invaluable gift to us as we're walking through those sorts of circumstances. So be in community. And finally, there is this element of maturity that is taking place in your life that even if we cannot see it in the moment, even if we have trouble believing it, that there's something that happens when our faith is tried by fire, that we come out stronger, that we come out closer to God. I would even argue that as we face these trials, that there's something about it that presents a unique opportunity for us to press into the presence of God in a way that we wouldn't otherwise do. Paul says in Romans chapter 8 that we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Now to clarify, that does not mean by any means that God is the one who causes these trials. God is not the one harming us. God is not the author of sin and death and sickness, but he is the author of life. 
That's who he is. He is the God of love. He is the God of hope. And so he has this ability to even take the worst of circumstances and turn them into something beautiful. I shared in a sermon recently that God is not the arsonist who starts the fires, but he is the firefighter who puts his life and well-being on the line to sit with us and ensure our safety through it all. That's the God we serve. So this week, read every morning, every evening, saturate yourself in these words, James chapter 1 verses 2 through 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Holy Spirit, we ask right now, would you make these words come alive within us, like a wellspring bursting from inside of our being. God, would you nourish us throughout this week in moments when we feel spiritually weak and deprived and whatever it may be, would you be our source of joy? Would you be our source of comfort? God, we place our trust in you. We desire to know you more. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.